A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, March 12th. This past Sunday, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, also known as Harry and Meghan, made explosive revelations about racism at the heart of the British monarchy in a tell-all interview with Oprah Winfrey. In the United States, where the conversation between Meghan, Harry and Oprah was first shown, television shows parsed every explosive passage of the interview one by one. It looked like a fairy tale. 
But Meghan told Oprah behind the smiles was a very different reality. A royal establishment unwilling, she says, to defend her and Prince Harry from tabloid attacks. Not only was I not being protected, but that they were willing to lie to protect other members of the family. In a devastating interview, a visibly pregnant Duchess of Sussex told Oprah Winfrey her royal life in London left her suicidal. I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real and frightening constant thought. Across the Commonwealth of Nations, made up of former colonies from the era of the British Empire, the reaction was fierce. The interview that everyone's talking about across the world, Harry and Meghan in their interview with Oprah Winfrey. This entitled, grossly wealthy and famous couple ingratiate themselves with the world and throw the Queen and a 1,200-year-old institution under a London bus. Most Canadians have a positive impression of Queen Elizabeth II, but when it gets to the monarchy itself, it's much more of a mixed bag. That's why anything related to racism and discrimination in Buckingham Palace could actually be lethal in terms of the relationship between the Crown and Canadians. But it was at home in the UK where the interview was most watched and most polarizing. The British broadcaster Piers Morgan left his job on Good Morning Britain after sparring with guests and fellow presenters, bringing the topic of racism into morning television. Because that's important. Of finding a different way to explain, not to you, but to so many people on why what has been said is so wrong. Right. I've walked into institutions as the only person of colour mm. yeah. and experienced covert and overt racism on so many occasions. And why the Megan interview really resonates with me mm. is because an ex-work colleague, not of this show, asked me if I was worried about the shade of cocoa that my son was going to come out. Let me give my reaction to you, Piers, okay? Honestly, you're such a liar and a disgrace. Yeah, you're about to you do the same thing. So what happens now, when the royal family is having a massive public dispute played out in bitter and brutal detail for the whole world to see? What happens when the royal brand, carefully crafted for decades, even centuries, has to wrestle with a racial reckoning and mental health crisis of its own? The story of Meghan, Harry and Oprah is not just a story about the future of the monarchy. It's also a story about the business of the monarchy, the business of media, and yes, even the business of fashion. Following the arrivals of Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle, the royal family once again became increasingly intertwined with the fashion business. What they wear drives the dollars. Even amid the lockdowns, the so-called Kate effect and the Markle sparkle have continued full force. To help me understand and unpick the global reaction in the aftermath of the interview and its impact on the royal family's brand, I spoke to New York Times bestselling author, royal watcher and style expert Elizabeth Holmes, known for her detailed analysis of all things royal on her Instagram account, So Many Thoughts. I asked her to help me contextualize the interview and what it means for the way the fashion industry and the world will relate to two of the most visible fashion influencers on the planet. First, I asked how she thinks about the business of the monarchy and how it works. Yeah, I think really about the royal family as a brand, 
right? And the optics of it here and what they try and put forth and what they rely on in terms of coverage in the press and our sort of general affection and feeling towards them. It's very much like a brand. And what I think happened with the Oprah special was that we understood a lot more about the inner workings of it. Because if you think about the royal family, you're going to think about the players in it, right? The Queen and Charles and William and Harry and certainly Kate and Meghan. And now, you know, what Meghan made so clear in that special um, when she talked about the institution or the firm is the sort of massive operation behind the scenes that we might not all think about when we see Megan or Kate step out and, you know, get really excited about what they're wearing. This is a family business, as Megan said, and there are elements of it that are about the family. And there are a lot of a lot of parts about this that are about the business here. And I think Megan talked about the perception versus the reality. And, you know, she was being judged on the perception that we all have of, of life as a member of the royal family. And she was living the reality and that disconnect there. And I think that's that's really important. And I think for a lot of people that was really new to understand, because I think if you think about somebody joining the royal family, you think of the fairy tale and you think of, well, gosh, you know, the privilege and all that comes with that. And what Megan and Harry made very clear is that it's much more complicated behind the scenes. Yeah. And it occurred to me that that's not unlike some of the reckonings around race and other issues that we've seen other big public institutions and private institutions grapple with over the last year, especially in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And you know, so many organizations and companies in the fashion industry, in the media industry, in government, in politics, in sports, in music, the reckoning has been everywhere. I think what was really quite unique about this is we've never seen an institution as revered and as fairy tale like as the monarchy begin a reckoning. Well, and gosh, you know, it's overdue, right? I mean, this is an institution founded on colonialism. You know, I mean, there there are problems and they go way back. And, you know, I think a lot of the ways in which the royal family operates today, their mantra of keep calm and carry on, you know, try and do better and, and put out sort of subtle cues about the directions they're headed and certainly wanting to portray a very modern monarchy. But what Megan made clear is that there are still deep issues within their ranks and the racism that she laid bare, I think was shocking to a lot of people. Yeah. But before this week, just paint a picture for us. You, you, you talked about the monarchy or the British royalty as a brand. In the United States, what does that brand stand for? I grew up in Canada, so we grew up singing God Save the Queen in school mm -hmm. alongside the Canadian national anthem. The Queen was on our money on the coins and on the notes. So the monarchy was ever present for us. And I've moved here to Britain, where obviously it's a, it's a very important part of the whole way Britain works, the history of the country. But in the US, what is the brand of this British royalty stand for? And what's the fascination with it? I've thought a lot about why Americans are so interested. And I mean, they draw a tremendous amount of attention and traffic online. You know, I mean, there's a reason they're on the cover of our magazines here and that every you know fashion magazines rushes to cover, you know, what Kate or Megan is wearing. And I think what we can do in America is appreciate and sort of 
enjoy the spectacle of it and the fairy tale, you know, myth of it without having it define us in any way. It doesn't define our culture or our history. We don't have like a, a real understanding of the inner workings of this institution. And so we can just sort of be like a queen. <laughs> wow. You know, the Duchess of Sussex. We can delight in it in a way that is fun for a lot of people. And I think that's where the the shift is happening right now. And I think it's pretty profound because by having an American in the equation in Megan, there was this tremendous opportunity to expand the audience and to um, certainly understand more of the work that they were doing. But with that clearly comes an understanding of the downsides of it too. Yes, no, exactly. And the way this interview is being received in the US, it's been incredible just to see the reaction from over here. What is your sense of how people have absorbed this? What's changed now? Yeah, so I think if you look back to when Meghan and Harry got engaged in 2017, there were a lot of people who suddenly sat up and took notice of the royal family that perhaps had not paid any attention to them, did not care about them, did not feel any one way or the other about them, especially here in America. And suddenly here is Megan entering that equation and it's exciting. She is American. She is biracial. She has a very different sense of style. If you want to bring the fashion element into it here, you know, a lot of people look at Kate and what she wears and her choices. And, you know, some people see it as classic. Some people see it as, you know, a little old school or perhaps not as exciting. And so here is Megan, a very modern woman, an accomplished actress entering into the royal conversation, including the royal style conversation and doing things a little bit differently, doing it her way. That was tremendously exciting. And I think for a lot of people, they started to pay attention to the royal family because they saw something that interests them in their ranks, you know, in Megan. And what has happened now, and, you know, certainly a year ago when Harry and Megan said we're leaving and they moved to Canada and then to California, people were like offended on their behalf, you know, what could have possibly happened. And there was some general eyebrow raising about what could have happened. And now we know. <laughs> and oh my gosh, the damage there. Because not only have you lost somebody who, a lot of people related to and a lot of people came to care about, not just, I think, in the UK, but around the world and certainly here in America. Now, those people who had no feelings about the monarchy before are really angry, you know, and I think the damage to the brand there is profound because people who had no interest or care about the monarchy are now really mad about it. And I would say that in general, my sense of the American reaction to the Oprah special is my God, how could we have paid attention and cared and supported this institution for them to treat someone like Megan like that? And I still am hearing a tremendous amount of shock and outrage about it. I would be very curious to hear from you about the UK response here, because I do think it's very different. And again, that comes back to, you know, how Americans digest the royal family or, or you know, why we care. It's because we have this sort of delight and entertainment approach to it that, I think people are pretty quick to turn on it too. Yeah. Well, here it's really interesting because there was a YouGov poll that was conducted shortly after the interview aired here. It was like, do you think they were treated fairly or unfairly? And it kind of broke down right down the middle. But then when you looked at that data and you cut it by generation, the older generations here in the UK were much more in the camp that Harry and Meghan had been treated fairly. As you move down the generations, the younger people, by an overwhelming margin, thought that they had been treated unfairly. And it really just speaks to a lot of the issues that were raised 
in the conversation around not just racism, but mental health. These are topics that, you know, these generations, these younger generations have defined their cohorts. You know, it's part of, you know, they've grown up with these issues. They've been much more open about these issues and they're very passionate about them. And so over here, it's been very divisive, both on a countrywide level, but also on a generational level. And I wonder how much they care about what the rest of the world thinks. You know, certainly within the UK and the Commonwealth, I would imagine that their affection for the monarchy and or lack thereof is would be of great concern to the royal family. I'm curious, you know, people like, like us here in America, that we have no sort of financial stakes here or no real say on it. Do you think that matters? Do you think the American reaction here matters? I think it absolutely matters because... The, the British monarchy is part of Brand Britain. It's a big symbol of the, the history of this country, for good or for bad. And as you know, you know, you're the expert in this, the monarchy's worked very, very hard over the last 20 years to modernize itself, to open itself up to a legacy that is honestly you know, really shameful. And I found it really ironic that the day that the interview was airing in the US on the same day, the working members of the royal family were, were doing a Commonwealth event. And, you know, there was representation from across the Commonwealth. And by the way, most people in the Commonwealth are people of color. And so I think what America thinks, what the rest of the Commonwealth thinks, what countries outside the UK think is really important because this is all a symbol of what this country stands for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Harry made a great point about that in the interview. He said, this isn't just about Megan and how she's treated. This is about so much more for so many more people, you know, and I do think therein lies the damage because it's not just about what happened to Megan and how Megan and Harry were feeling and the struggles that they had. It, it symbolizes, like you said, so much more. Yeah. So what do you think Harry and Megan were trying to achieve in doing this interview with Oprah. And I've heard a variety of different perspectives on this, but I'm curious, what do you think? What, were they burnishing their brand? Were they speaking their truth? Were they laying the groundwork for future Netflix and Spotify deals? Were they specifically trying to call out the monarchy as an institution? You know, I think this was absolutely about their brand, but I don't think it was about promoting it. I think it was about establishing it because there have been so many questions since they left in January, why they left, what happened. And as we know now, even the coverage of their time when they were within the, the royal fold as senior working members of the royal family, the whole story was not out there. And so for people, you know, who say they were out to promote themselves, they haven't really launched anything on Netflix or Spotify. They didn't wait until they had a specific show to promote. They sort of marked this one year time period since they left and they came to sort of answer questions, I think, and provide context because there are still among their critics, you know, thought of, you know, how could you leave? Why would you leave? You know, there's so this is such a rarefied place, you know, so much privilege, so much access. Why would you walk away from that? And they made it very clear that they were not walking away, that it was an untenable situation for them. And I do think there is a very good reason that half of it was just Megan talking to Oprah. Megan had a lot to say. She had a lot that she wanted to share. And after years of feeling like she was silenced, how, how great must it have felt to come forward and be like, please know my truth. Here I am. You know, this is what happened to me. And this is why we made the choices that we did. So 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What do you think the outcome is for the goals that they may have had going in to this conversation? What, what, how do you think it's played out for them? It's really interesting that, you know, people are, you know, said they were trying to take down the monarchy. I think if they were trying to do that, they would have named names. You know, they left a lot very vague and Oprah, to her credit, really followed up. She made it very clear, you know, follow-up questions and, you know, repeating what they said to get confirmation. And she was really trying to get specifics out of them. And they drew a very clear line about how specific they were willing to get. And so if they were trying to burn it all down, (laughs) 
I think they would have, they could have gone certainly a lot further. And also they have not quote unquote left the family. They have their HIH titles. They don't use them, but they do use the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. You know I mean? They're, they are maintaining those ties. And the fact of the matter is this is Harry's family. These are his people. And we are going to be talking about Harry for a long time to come. Charles is going to ascend at some point. Then William, you know, Harry will always be part of this conversation. And if they wanted to cut ties further, they could have. So I think it's really important to read into that and to understand that they are not walking away or trying to burn the place down. They are trying to get a fuller picture out there. And I hope that with that would come improvements. Yeah, I like the phrasing you used earlier about they were establishing their brand. You know, they use this interview as a way of saying, you know, this is what we're going to be about. So if you were going to describe that brand in a few words, you know, what, what is it you think that they're trying to stand for? You know, I think that's a good question. And I think we don't quite know. You know, I mean, I think the pandemic has hindered some of what they could have done in the last year. And I think they're also in a tricky spot because they have not done a lot. You know, they've released little initiatives here and there. And because they're not on social media, it's not a clear picture for somebody who's not following along really closely as, you know, myself and some Royal Watchers are. I didn't even know they're not on social media anymore. So no. so they stopped posting or they took the account down? No. So Sussex Royal was their account on Instagram and that was their main vehicle. I mean, that's how they announced Archie's birth. You know, and they used that as a direct line of communication, but it was always a very toxic platform in the comments. You know, I mean, people have, ex- I can't overstate this. They have extremely strong feelings, both love and hate Harry and Meghan. And social media, I think will be a big part of their work going forward and improving the dialogue on social media and getting away from the toxicity of it, which they have experienced firsthand. They are not on social media now. They've sort of made it clear that they're not going to be for a little bit. I can't imagine that they're going to stay away forever because it's such an important and very direct line of communication. But, you know, when they shared their photo of their announcing their pregnancy, they did that through the photographer's Instagram page that was not on their own. Right. Got it. Okay. So looking ahead a little bit, does this change the way you think the fashion brands engage with you know, Megan and Kate and the monarchy, I guess Megan and Kate mostly because they're the real fashion forces in the family would be an understatement. Maybe talk a little bit about how the fashion industry is engaged with Megan and Kate and how you think that might change going forward, given all the controversy. Yeah, I think it's a really great question because if you think about royal style, it's very singular, I think, in its power and its purpose. There are very few people who what they wear gets so much attention on a very granular level. And this started back with Kate a decade ago when she married Will. And it took all of the interest in royal fashion that started from Diana and it added a shopping element to it because there was e-commerce and there were blogs now. And so there were people who could identify not just the dress she was wearing, but the earrings and the shoes and the hat. And they would put it out there, you know, with links, oftentimes affiliate links, and it became a real business. And with that came a tremendous amount of power in choosing what they wear and the attention and conversation around it. And Kate did this beautifully in part because she was quote unquote relatable. She shopped off the rack. She bought pieces that you could buy and you could feel by shopping her closet <laughs> like you were part of the family. There was tremendous power in that because suddenly if you you know saw Kate in a dress that you could buy and wear, there lies some affection, right? For the royal family. And I think Kate has continued this 
you know, for the last decade, Megan knew it very well when she entered the royal family. She had worked with a costume designer on set. She had worked with a stylist on the red carpet. She knew how to dress to send a message. She picked her brands very carefully because when you wear, when you are in that spotlight and you wear a small brand, suddenly tens of thousands of people around the world are aware of that brand and interested in that brand. And it makes them want to shop not just that piece, but other pieces from the brand. And so we're talking about a lot of economic power that these women possess. I don't know that the Oprah special changes any of that or the interest in that because there are Kate fans that will forever shop what Kate wears. There are Megan fans who will forever shop what Megan wears. What I do find interesting, and this is a parallel to Princess Diana, is that when Princess Diana left the royal family, she made it very clear she would, she did not need fashion in the same way because she was able to use her own voice. She was able to do talk for herself, do her own thing. She did not want to be seen as a clothes horse. She wanted to be seen as a workhorse. And so she sort of let the fashion element go. She was you know, still very much a style star right up through her death, but she didn't need fashion in the same way. And I think Megan, now having moved to California, definitely doesn't need it either. You know, I think she will still continue to use it and promote brands that she believes in and she has connections to. But when you can use your voice, you're not relying on your fashion to talk for you. I don't think any of this changes the interest that brands have in them because I don't think it changes the shopping equation around them. Uh, but I don't know that Megan needs it in the same way. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the media angle on this too, Elizabeth, because as a fellow media person, I was also... I, was, I felt like I was absorbing this on so many levels as someone who lives in Britain, <laughs> as someone who works in the fashion industry, and as someone who works in a media company. And I just, the rollout of this interview and the way it's all played out, can we talk a little bit about that? And, you know, there's been some ugly elements to it too, you know, the Piers Morgan incident and the, the racism that's emerged. You know, how do you see the whole rollout of this interview and how it's played out. It is so savvy, I have to say. So this goes back to the pregnancy announcement on Valentine's Day, which they chose to announce then because it was the anniversary of when Princess Diana and Charles announced their pregnancy with Harry. So therein lies a media element there. The very next day, you need a day two story, right? The very next day, news of the Oprah special leaked. And there was a lot of conversation about it. You know, they set the date, they made it very clear what it was going to be. And then it sort of went quiet for, you know, it was still like 20 days out or something. So there was a little bit of time. And then the week before the special aired, they released the first two teaser trailers. One was just Oprah talking, just Oprah asking questions. It looked very dramatic, but you didn't hear from Megan. Were you silent or were you silenced? I just want to make it clear to everybody, there is no subject that's off limits. Almost unsurvivable. Sounds like there was a breaking point. The other was from Harry. It was just Harry talking and he drew parallels to his mother's life. You know, for me, I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting here talking to you with my wife by my side. Because I can't begin to imagine what it must have been like for her going through this process by herself all those years ago. So there's nothing from Megan. And you thought, my God, they're just sitting on those sound bites. Like they're just hoarding those sound bites because they're not releasing anything. But it was dramatic enough that it was like, okay, there's some interest here. Fast forward to Tuesday. And I think that is when things got very ugly because the Times of London released that front page story accusing Megan of being a bully and talking about the 
the earrings that she wore in Fiji and that they had been a gift from the Saudi crown prince. And it was, it was a tremendously negative story. And it was just a clear swipe at Megan when we hadn't heard one word from Megan. And I thought, what do they know? What does the palace know about this special? Why are they coming out swinging so hard the Tuesday before this is supposed to air on Sunday? And so for the next couple of days, the negative drumbeat sort of built and it felt very much, you know, like certain people were trying to discredit Megan before she'd even talked. And then Megan's team, team or Oprah's team, I guess, released that. They released the trailer where Megan said that she couldn't stay quiet, you know, when people in the firm were spreading falsehoods. And right. so it got it was it was very hyped up. Sorry. All of this is to say it was very hyped up, but not a single revelation leaked before Sunday night, which is truly amazing to me because this special was a bombshell times a million. You know, I mean, there, for it to not have leaked before all of this, it's just sort of staggering and the ways in which Oprah's team played it and shocked everybody and then continue to shock everybody as it kept airing around the world. I mean, it's a, it will be a case study in media savvy for years to come. Certainly. And then it also managed to cut through everywhere. How much of that do you think was because of the long form television format, which allowed for this real creation of a moment all packed into a long TV format. So then it just spread. And it was so cleanly done. If you look back at each segment, there was a theme and a purpose to what that was. I think it was eight, nine or 10 segments within the two hours. And they were very, someone in television told me that it was amazingly edited because it was very clean. They didn't overlay a bunch of pictures or bring up a lot of past clips that would have made it difficult for other networks to air it. They let it sort of just breathe. And Oprah's questioning also, she made it very clear when there were questions that I was like, wait, did she mean that? You know, Oprah was following up and clarifying and restating things and making sure that it was very clear the answer. And I think that was so impressive. What happens next? What do, what are you as the royal watcher in this conversation? What are you looking out for for brand Windsor, for brand Sussex and for brand Britain? Like as you look ahead, what are you watching? Well, Brand Windsor certainly has a lot coming up this year. Uh, the 10th anniversary of the Cambridge's wedding, Will and Kate got married in April. Um, and so the 10th anniversary, I think, will be a sort of a big moment to hopefully let them shine. It's, we're still very limited with what you can do in terms of public appearances in COVID, but I'm sure they will come up with something to, <laughs> to, to make them very visible. I think we'll see a lot more of Charles and Camilla, too. And then, you know, this summer, the Queen or in April, the Queen turns 95, and then that will be marked with Trooping the Color this summer and Philip is you know, set to turn 100. There's a lot going on, I think, and they will rely on those moments and those sort of celebrations to you know, lift them back up, I would expect. And the Sussexes, you know, Harry is supposed to be a part of some of that. You know, he's supposed to go back to the United Kingdom this summer. And certainly for there's an unveiling of a statue of Diana, he's supposed to appear with Harry. So I think there will be these public moments where they can show a bit of reconciliation. You know, I mean, certainly every camera in the world will be on them. So it'd be very, very interesting to sort of see how it unfolds. I think the Sussexes now perhaps have sort of spoken their truth. And I would imagine that they would also want to move on um, with all that they have in the works in terms of their Netflix and Spotify deals. And then, you know, they found really, really savvy ways to help in this very challenging time. You know, after what happened here in Texas, uh, there was, you know, horrible weather and widespread power outages and issues. And they, 
jumped in to help fund a women's shelter here. And it was, you know, very sort of on the down low, you know, but if you're a royal watcher and you're paying attention, you see them trying to help and be present in these situations. And I think that's really smart because it's not big, it's not splashy. They're not on a red carpet somewhere. They're just sort of making it known that they're here as a force of good. Okay. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for taking time to chat with me. I know everyone's trying to get your take on this. And for those of you who don't know, Elizabeth has a recently released book that's out that if you are a royal watcher or royal interested or newly royal interested, then have a look at that book because it'll give you everything you need to know to better understand the institution, the firm, and the family. I do feel like this is kind of like, you know, when you're watching a runway show and you're just enjoying the clothes coming down the runway and then suddenly you learn, you know, that the house behind it is a mess and you're like, wait a minute, do I still shop those clothes? And that's the perfect, perfect conclusion. <laughs> yeah, it's a real wake up call. All right. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Right, take care. If you're not yet a BOF professional member, podcast listeners can benefit from a 25% discount on your first year of an annual membership using the code PODCASTPRO. That's PODCAST P-R-O. The BOF podcast is edited and produced by Venetia Van Horn Alcama, Kate Vartan, and Kevin Bobby Blanco in the BOF studio team. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.